You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 286. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 286. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. 286. Can you even believe it? Wow. What are we going to do for our 300th? I don't do know. Gosh, pressure. Pressure. Maybe I'll have you create the podcast for that. Oh, yeah, it's 14 weeks away. I think I can prepare for that. Yeah? Yeah. You Maybe think- it'll be my topic. Okay. 300th episode. That You know what? That might not be a bad idea. Something like the the top 10 things I've learned doing the, the podcast for the mm, last- That's good. You know, okay. six years. All right. Okay. I that, see something brewing here. That, you like it? Yeah. Cool. I like that I won't have to do the work. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that might be kind of cool. Top 10 things that I've learned. Okay. I can do that. So, hey, That's guys. Easy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I think this topic is going to hit home for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was something that was submitted to us as a show topic idea, and which you can do, by the way. And I'll tell you more about that. But we're going to discuss what to do when... You don't get closure for something, and we'll discuss oh, yeah. what exactly that looks like, what types of closure that we're we're talking about, and what we're searching for, and you know, kind of what is within our power. Because a lot of times with closure, it's dependent on other people. So where does where does that leave us essentially? So lots of good stuff coming up nice. today, and got yeah. a great show for you. Good got show. A, got a great show. <laughs> you know, Nicole Kidman's here. Got a great show. Good show here. <laughs> The roots are here. (laughs) No, not at all. Mr. Smith is here. That's what we got. I'm the only roots you got right now. That's what we got. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, speaking of Mr. Smith, why don't we we pass the mic to you? Oh, yeah. We do a little segment each week that we like to call... Would You Rather... And today's Would You Rather is inspired by our dog. Yes. Bianca. <laughs> Our senior she, geriatric dog. She wears diapers during the day because she's a little incontinent. Yes. Doesn't have much control of that bladder. And so I thought about it and I'm like, what if we had to do that? Yeah. Okay. So here it is. Okay. Starting right now. Starting right today, now. Today. Today. Would you rather have to poop and pee outside? Oh my gosh. Or poop and pee in a diaper for a week? Oh man. Okay, okay, wait a minute. All right, so if you... Okay, so do you change your own diapers? Yeah, you have to change your own diapers. Can you get (laughs) pull-ups? You can, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can do pull-ups. So, because I was thinking, like... Pull-down is going to be the problem. Well, no, I mean, that would be fine. I mean, poop in there, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every (laughs) once in a while, Bianca... Kind of nice once in a while, just like... I have to pee. I don't want to get up. I just uh, let it go. Yeah. Because every once in a while, Bianca leaves a little turd in that diaper, and it is not a good situation. It's not, yeah. Especially when you have a hairy booty. I mean, <laughs> I don't have one, but she does. Wow. This is such a class act, this show. <laughs> so, 
Okay, because really, yeah. I was thinking, like, if you don't have pull-ups and you actually have to do the tabs, like, would you, you know, be in your office during the day and have to, like, lay down and, like, put yourself in a diaper? Like, yeah, you got to use adult diapers. It, it, it's and a, the adult diapers are pull-up. Because it's hard to do a diaper without laying down if it's not a pull-up. <laughs> so I can so just imagine, like, tabs, huh? excusing mm. yourself from a business meeting to, like, go into your office and, like, fold yourself <laughs> into a diaper. Okay, well... Uh, I, I think I pooped my pants. I'll be right back. Okay. And, you know, the other implication here is if you are wearing a diaper, you have to also be pretty vigilant about what you're wearing. Oh, yeah. You can't oh, wear yeah. super tight things. That's you know, right. you would have to but, but here's the other mask part, it a bit. On the other side of the coin. Yeah. If you work in an office building or you work in a large city, where are you going to go outside? Right, like if you like, if you yeah. work at home, mm, like I, I hope, yeah, you could go outside and pee. Or we have yeah. a pretty, pretty private area in the back. Yeah, like yeah. I we could, could get away with pooping and peeing in the. I'd backyard. have to hop our little fence, mm-hmm. which so, is quite a visual. Gosh, I'm really okay because I I kind of feel like I'd much rather poop outside, <laughs> but I'd rather pee in a diaper. I think. Yeah, but you don't get it's poop and pee. I know. So. Oh my gosh, because. I, I think it really depends a lot for people, like, what their environment's like and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What they have to absolutely. do. But then I drink, I shit you not, like, a gallon of water a day. You do. I drink so much water. So I have to pee constantly. So I'm like, do I run to the backyard and pee out there, like, camping style, which yeah. I do feel, thanks to your family, they have taught me how to pee yeah. in the wild. Yeah, that's right. Which I never knew until, like... Two years ago, I learned uh, how to pee in the wild. How to pee in the wild, yeah. Because it always ran down my leg. <laughs> the bennies of being with Mr. Smith. <laughs> His wilderness family. Wilderness but, peeing. So, but the poop I could regulate because I pretty much poop every morning at like 9 a.m. And so. Yeah, I'm pretty on spot with like 8 o'clock. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, Gosh, the it, uh, but I could poop in the diaper in the morning, and then I could shower. <laughs> this rationale, yeah. and then I could shower right then, and then put on a new pair of pull ups and just pee my diaper. <laughs> but, pee diaper all day. and then keep diapers in my office. So you're gonna go with diaper. I think I'm gonna go with diapers. Okay, you thought it through. I thought, thought it. Through? I thought it through. <laughs> How about you though? Because you'd be at your office a lot, like an actual commercial property, not home. Yeah, there's a nice spot in the back I could. It's totally different too. for dudes, too. Like I could pee outside. You pee outside no regularly. <laughs> on, the, on the rags, yeah. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I'm going to go outside. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. In the morning, it. I only have to go once a day. So I could poop outside in the morning, jump on the shower. Yeah, And, and then you would still pee, keep peeing outside all during your work hours? Yeah. 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 And you're also huge, so you can consume more water and leave it in your bladder a lot longer than I can. I consume a lot of water, too. I know. But I'm just saying you have more capacity to hold. capacity to hold. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. So we should probably talk about personal development. Yeah, let's actually get into some topics. At some point this week. But we we really thought that through. I really... (laughs) 
gives me a lot more compassion Ooh. for my little ah. dog. So we would love to my hear work here is done. <laughs> what you would rather. <laughs> so we talk about this every single week in my private Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours. After Hours. As Mr. Smith likes to, mm-hmm. likes to do. And uh, there's a ton of stuff over there. We have camaraderie and support for one another. Everybody is amazing and always championing each other. It's a really, really positive corner of the internet. And no bullshit like selling you shit and all of that. Like nothing like that. And. And every single Thursday, I do like a Q&A. I call it Q&Slay, where I answer questions that have come up from the audience and from the clubsters. And so it's a great way for you to get additional support and ask questions. And and it's just really a great environment. And then Mr. Smith pops in and, and shares his regulations on the Would You Rather, if anyone tries to loophole it up. That's right. So all you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It will redirect you right over to the Facebook group. And you can come hang out with us. Sounds fun. Let's do it. So something I mentioned towards the beginning of our time together today is I mentioned that we do show topic submissions. If you've never seen this, on every page of the show notes for each and every episode that we do, there is a place where you can submit a show topic. And this week's topic was kind of uh, an iteration of something that was that came through the inbox. Mm. So I want to read this from a listener, and she said, I fucking love your podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to start. Which I love. Flattery. Yes. And I wanted to suggest, or maybe you did one already and I missed it. I wanted to suggest a topic. I recently went through a best friend breakup, and I wanted to hear your take on how to deal when you don't get the apology you think you deserve. Mm. And, you know, kind of, inter- she says, interpret it as you see fit. Thank you so much for you know what you're doing, keep doing it. First of all, you know what this what this little uh, audience member gets. Oh, yes, I do. It would be a, a warm, warm fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay! That's right. <laughs> you get a warm fuzzy. You get a warm fuzzy. You get a warm fuzzy. Thank you so much for submitting this. It really helped spark an idea for me. And I started thinking about... There are a lot of times where I think we are hungry for or searching for an element of closure. And I really think that closure, like legitimate closure, is kind of a luxury. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't don't get that. Yeah. And I want to talk about a couple of different situations. So this gal highlighted what to do when you don't get an apology that you're looking for. Right. You know, that's definitely a situation where we we want to close the loop, right? Like our brain naturally wants a conclusion to the story. In fact, that's why it's so much more beneficial to ask yourself questions that evoke thought, like using an open-ended question like, you know, what was this meant to teach me? Because our brain naturally wants to close the loop and finish the story versus saying like, was this a good thing or not? Yes or no. You know, it doesn't, like that is a way to close the story, but it's not a way to really get a lot of qualitative information. Sure. So another uh, another couple of examples of ways in which we want to kind of close that loop and have that story completed is, you know, maybe you have a friendship or even a dating relationship, somebody who ghosted you. Okay. And you don't really know what happened, what you said, what you did. Maybe they they did put a stop to the relationship and said, I don't want to hang out anymore. Maybe it wasn't a total ghosting, but they never really gave you the reason why. And so there's sort of this 
craving for an element of closure there. It could be something where somebody passed away and you feel like you never were able to say goodbye. You were never able to express kind of what you wanted to say. And so there's this this kind of open-ended loop that keeps going on in your mind. Like you feel like you can't quite close it all the way, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So, and it could also be a situation like what our audience uh, or our audience member asked about, which is when you think you really deserve an apology. Right. Yeah. Right. So I want you to think right now as you're listening to this, are there situations or what are those situations for you that still kind of linger, still kind of haunt you where you feel as though you're, you would like some sort of tidy resolution to a situation in your life. A lot of times this will be something in our past. Almost always it's related to an intimate relationship or a situation where our emotions were very highly involved. Sometimes it's even wanting to know the real reason you were let go from a company. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, yeah. Again, like I mentioned, we naturally want to conclude this story. So what we're what we're going to talk about today is the th- the all of the things that are actually in your power to complete that story for you. Because a lot of what we're doing when we have so much investment in this notion of closure is we're usually dependent on somebody else. Like we want that previous boss to say, here's the real reason you were terminated. Mm -hmm. Or we want that person to say, here's the real reason why I ended this friendship or dating relationship. Or here's why I don't want to give you an apology. Here's why I feel this way. Yeah, You know, we want sort of some sort of resolution. And it's so much invested in that other person, which as you know, if you've hung out with me long enough, that that is a way in which we give our power to somebody else. Because what we're saying is the only way I can have peace is if that person magically does something different or says something or gives me information that helps put me at ease. So let's look at, let's say you never get that. What if you never get that apology? What if you never get that explanation? How do you move on? How do you make sure that you are okay? So here's here's sort of my five steps to giving yourself the closure that you're looking for. So the first item of business, and this is very purposely chronological, and the first piece is imperative, and this is owning your shit in the matter. Oh, yeah. Big now, piece. I ha- Yeah, shocker, right? I have a whole slew of questions that I would love for you to take your time and jot these down and journal around them. The reason why this is so important is a lot of times when we don't have closure, we feel like the victim. We feel like we've been slighted or wronged in some way. Hmm. Like everything would be fine if so-and-so would just apologize. Everything would be fine if I would have been able to tell grandpa how I felt. Everything would have been fine if this person gave me the real reason they don't want to date me anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when we're in that place, we're so focused on blame, 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 blame. We don't look at our piece. Sure. How we showed up in that workplace, how we showed up in that friendship, what we did or didn't say in that dating scenario, the things we advocated for or that we didn't advocate for. Yeah. So what this is going to be about is stopping that blame. You really have to recognize if you're loaded with blame and start checking yourself. So a couple of questions to do this with. The first is, what are you gaining by holding on to this? 
And when I say payoff, I don't necessarily mean something amazing that's happening for you. What I mean is sometimes by holding on to the past, like I deserve that apology, it allows you to not move forward. You know, it Mm. gives you reason to maybe not date again. Oh, yeah, right. It gives you reason to not have to trust people again. Gives you a little bit of a safety, quote unquote. There's a payoff. There's Mm -hmm. something that you are gaining by not choosing to kind of create your own element of closure here. And usually that antithesis is blame. Like we're staying in that blamey place. And by the way, I have a handful of other podcasts that I think would be helpful. And one of them is around blame. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. So I want you to start thinking about that. What are you gaining by holding on to this? Sometimes it's just comfort. Like I can, I know what it's like to be here. I don't know what it's like to forgive. It's scary as fuck to forgive somebody or to move on or to think that I could trust somebody else or to put myself out there in a dating situation or a, a workplace scenario because it's easier for me to hold on to the ways in which I've been scathed in the past and that feels safer to me. Safety is a huge payoff. It feels yep. safer to me to just stand and blame, right? And then I want you to to look at this huge, the overall arching element of what what are you making closure mean? What are you making this lack of closure mean? A lot of times we think I can't move on until I have that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we think, like for instance, if it's a situation with death and we wished we would have said something to somebody before they passed, we make up that there's something wrong about us, that we don't deserve love or that we messed up and we allow this huge wave of regret to dictate our entire life. Sure. And we make up that we're a bad person. You know, if we don't have some sort of closure, like that was our fault. And then we stay in kind of this self-loathing place. I want you to also ask you, you ask yourself the question of how is this holding me back? And this is oftentimes a similar answer to what is the payoff? Yeah. Because it seems great to stay safe. However, it's probably holding you back in some way. It might be even just the fact that you are ruminating on it mm-hmm. over and over again. And a lot of times what happens there when we don't have the completion to the story is we make up the story. Yeah, totally. And we go, oh, I know why I was terminated. It was because I spoke up too much or it was because I was too vocal or they just don't like women. Or, you know, we start creating and fabricating this entire narrative that oftentimes is disempowering. It doesn't help us go into the next job feeling really powerful and like I'm going to stand on my own two feet. So these questions of really analyzing your piece in the matter is huge because it breaks you out of blame, but it also really gets you clear on how this is stifling your future and moving on. Another huge way that this shows up with with death in particular is we think, okay, if I create some sort of element of closure, I'm letting myself off the hook for what I should have said to that person or should have done with that person. Or I know a lot of times it becomes this notion of, well, then I'm going to forget about that person or I'm going to lose touch with how much I cared about them. Why do you think about that? Yeah, because if, you know, we kind of go, okay, if I, if I put, 
an element of peace around this, that must mean I'm saying it's okay what I did or didn't do or said or didn't say, or I'm walking away from this person or I'm abandoning this person. And that doesn't have to be the case. It can actually be both things. You can be honoring yourself and you can still choose to cloak them in a memory that is really powerful and helpful for you. Yeah. It doesn't have to mean abandonment. But sure. that's why you have to excavate for this and look at what am I making it mean? It makes a lot right? of sense, yeah. All right, so this piece is imperative. I forbade you from moving on to any of these other ones before you examine your piece in the matter. Like I said, the chronology is important. So number two, after you've kind of decompressed this a little bit, now we're looking at, is there anything you need to do in order to clean up your side of the matter? And one of my favorite questions with this is to just simply check in and say, what do I need to do or say in order to be proud of the woman that I am or mm. the man that I am? So that might involve circling back with a friend. It might involve circling back with an ex-partner. It might be saying, I'm going to reach out to this person three times, and if I don't get a response, then I've done my part, right? Something that allows you to go, I've done what I couldn't do given this current circumstances. Now, there is one very important caveat here, and I need you to hear me on this. Whatever you choose to do, especially if you are reaching out to somebody and you are hoping for some kind of response, you have to be very, very clear that you are reaching out or saying what you need to say for you regardless of how you are received. Yes. Wow. That's Period. Powerful, powerful piece right there. As you know, you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. That's right. That means if you reach out to somebody hoping for a specific response and you do not get it, that that act of you reaching out or doing whatever you need to do is enough to create peace for you, okay? Or that it creates an element of integrity. I know I've done that before where I've, I've felt as though I need to reach out and actually extend an apology. And when I do that, I've had people who are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think anything of it. Like they weren't waiting for an apology. They didn't expect it. But I knew I needed to say that to feel at peace with me. Right. And to feel good about what I had or had not done in that relationship. Hmm. So it was sort of an integrity check. So this is very important. If you decide, yeah, I do need to, I need to reach out and I need to say something to this family member, or I would love to talk to a previous coworker and find out, you know, maybe why I was let go or if they have any intel on it or whatever, it has to be 100% for you. That means if that person hangs up on you, if they ghost you, if they yell and scream at you, or if they're amazingly receptive and give you exactly what you were hoping for, that you're prepared for all of those variables. Yep. And when yep. you go through that little check, you can figure out, is this a step that I'm okay doing? Is this genuinely for me? Right. All right. So number one, you got to own your shit and you got to journal around those questions. Number two, you need to figure out if there's anything that you need to do or say in order to be proud of yourself. Is there any piece of your road to clean up? Number three, this is imperative and it is probably what you will want to not do the most. And it is why I see the same 
issues happening for people over and over again. And you are not going to like it, but you need to do it. (sighs) Number three, you have to take time to grieve. You have to give yourself the freedom to feel what you feel. All right. I'm also going to link to a grief pod that I've done in the past that you can uh, listen to because I think what we do is we kind of go, okay, grief is reserved for catastrophe. We can grieve if there's been death and we can grieve if there's been significant loss or trauma, but we don't give ourselves the permission to grieve the loss of a friendship or hurt feelings. We don't even allow ourselves to mourn the fact that we feel wronged or slighted by somebody or that we're just disappointed. Right. I I think another part of that is, at least for me, is I don't want to give it the energy. Like, I don't want to give grief the energy. And I skip it because I feel like, nope, I need to move on. But it's an important part of that closure process, for sure. That's right. That's right. Well, and what we don't realize is you are going to give it the energy whether you like it or not. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) So we think we're doing something so empowering, but what we're doing is we're ignoring what we really need. So when you allow yourself to emote, that is like spiritual nutrients. <laughs> nutrients. Nutrients. Can't skip the grief. You cannot skip skip those those imperative nutrients. Yeah. So what I mean by it will that energy will come out when we don't want to feel something, what do we do? We drink excessively. We, you know, Netflix out like crazy. We throw ourselves into work until we realize one day that we're totally burnt out. We don't trade it for richness. We don't get relief by thinking that, oh, I'm not going to give it the energy. Now, it's a very different thing if you have processed a lot, if you have given it a shit ton of energy already, you might be to the point where you're going, nope, I'm done. Too much, yeah. But Mm -hmm. I'll get to that. I'll get to that in the minute. But if you have never grieved it, if you have never really processed it, the sadness that you felt about the friendship, the betrayal that you felt from being let go from an organization that you gave years of your life to, that is mandatory. Not for them, not because that person deserves it, not because you want to give them all this time and energy, but because you want to heal. You want to move beyond this and they are not giving you closure for whatever reason. So you are taking it upon yourself to create it. Yeah, And one of the things that I've been really learning with my hypnotherapy training, which is so fucking amazing, is how much our subconscious is running the show. And when when we don't acknowledge what our subconscious needs, it will come out somehow. Yeah, It'll come out in dreams. That's a natural process of our body trying to vent or release yep. trauma that we've experienced. But it can also come out, like I mentioned, in addictions or, or you know, really detrimental behaviors. And so I'll get off my soapbox about that. But here's <laughs> here's ways in which you can do that. Definitely listen to the grief pod. Also, I love to do something that I call controlled emoting, where I will purposely watch a movie or like a tearjerker uh, commercial or YouTube stories about, you know, things that I know will evoke tears, like people being reunited after years and years and years, things like that. When I know I have a good cry in me. Hashtag notebook. Yeah, exactly. When I really need to expel sort of that pit in the stomach feeling. But it takes some effort. And I would say, give it to yourself. If you live alone, this is far easier. 
If you don't, lock yourself in a bathroom or a room or tell people you need some time, that you just need some uninterrupted time or do it after everybody's gone to bed. You must do this, okay? You will be so surprised how resilient you are. Most of the fear is around what if I can never shut off this emotion? Oh, yeah. We can't sustain it. I'm just going to spoiler alert you right now. As humans, we cannot stay in that place for long, expanded periods of time. It will end, but the only way out is through. You can also process by seeing a coach, seeing a therapist, seeing a counselor at your church or spiritual center, somewhere where you are able to process what is happening for you. This can also be advantageous in meetup groups or even groups on social media, like Facebook groups for people going through uh, something similar. There's always, always a way to process. You can even do this simply by journaling and acknowledging what you feel about this specific scenario. All right? So here's the item as a business so far. Number one, you're going to have to own your shit. Number two, is there any action step? Is there anything to do about this? Number three, allowing time for grief and to feel the feels, to actually process. Number four, entertain the idea of forgiveness. Now, when I when I teach this in my Deep Down and Dirty program, we go into this at length and very, very deeply. One of the ideas around forgiveness, I think, that is so hard for people is, is just the word, the actual semantics of I'm choosing to forgive my mm-hmm. boss, I'm choosing to forgive my ex yeah. or that friend or sister or whoever. You might want to start using the wording of letting go. I'm letting go of this instead of forgive. And I've done some some podcasts on forgiveness as well. I'm going to link to that in the show notes also. So if you want sort of an expanded concept on that, I think that would be helpful for you as well. But this is essentially the opposite of blame. It's the antithesis of blame that I was talking about earlier. So instead of residing in this place of victimhood, essentially, like when you are blamey, 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 you're being a fucking victim. I mean, that is the long and the short of it. And I really think when we've been slighted, when we've been wronged by somebody, we have to go through a little blame period, Mm -hmm. you know, because we feel pissed. But inevitably, you get to this point where you're like, okay, this is not getting me anywhere. I am not progressing. This is affecting my future job or career ambitions. And I know I need to, I know I need to let this go. It might not feel palatable to say, I forgive my boss or I forgive my ex-husband or wife. You might need to just say, I'm choosing to let go. But the idea of letting go is that you are not at all saying that anything that transpired was okay. You're not saying it's okay how they treated me. It's okay how I behaved. You're not saying any of that. You're saying, I'm choosing not to suffer over this any longer. Who are? Period. Yeah, that's powerful. I'm not going to carry the burden of this for any longer. Now, if it's a situation that we mentioned about somebody who's passed on and you wish you would have said something, you get to tell yourself, I'm not going to carry the burden of this any longer. There is nothing I can do to go back and change that. And I also know that this does not mean 
if I let go of this, that I don't love that person yeah, or that I don't care about them or that I'm not going to keep them totally close to my heart. It just means I'm not going to suffer anymore. I love that. So that changing your perspective about what that choice really means can be really, really powerful. And to allow two things to exist at the same time, like I'm letting go and I'm cherishing their memory. Right. Both of those things can exist. It doesn't have to be an either or. All right. And then number five, this is really important. And this has a lot to do, again, with the completion of the circle. And this, this actually has a lot to do with how our mind really concludes that chapter or that story that's kind of been haunting you. And this is creating your own closure ritual, something that definitively marks the completion of this, whether it's a decision by you, whether it's a letter that you write and you seal and then maybe you burn it or you bury it. Maybe it is a statement, just a simple statement about the finality where you stand up in your, I mean, you could be in the bathroom looking in the mirror or something like that and just say, I forgive myself or I forgive this person for what they did or for that scenario. I'm letting go of what happened in that marriage. I choose to no longer suffer over this missed opportunity or this relationship anymore. You can even simply say something like goodbye. Mm -hmm. If you have memorabilia or things in your home that are really triggering for you, things that are like pictures of an ex or even memorabilia in in your home that are from a past relationship, even a friendship. That could be something that you pack up and ritualistically get rid of. Maybe you take pictures of it and then donate it all so that you have some element of remembrance, but you're not clouding your personal environment with it anymore. It can be another statement like, I'm closing this chapter. You could meditate on it, do like a symbolic meditation and send positive energy to that person. And just say, I wish nothing more for them than happiness, love, and luck. And I wish the same for me. Yeah. And I'm choosing to let this be a part of my past and no longer a part of my present. Anything like that. I mean, in coaching, we would even do where we put a piece of tape on the floor and then we would symbolically walk across kind of a threshold of saying, now I am moving into this place of forgiveness. You could choose to buy an item or a token or a statue or a piece of jewelry or something that symbolizes new life or moving beyond or a new chapter for yourself. Anything like that that's ritualistic, symbolic, or sort of a structure helps to cement in your mind, we're moving on. Instead of just allowing it to circle in the confines of your mind, uh, you know, it really gets it outside of you and goes, okay, we're moving on. I really resonate with that. I think just like when you're writing goals, Mm -hmm. like yearly goals, you write them down, there's a higher probability that they come true. That's right. That's a physical manifestation of your dreams and your goals and your desires. That's right. The same thing applies here. Doing something ritualistic and something physical – Yes. Getting it out of the mental space. That's right. Helps the mental space clear. That's right. That's great. Well, that even brought up another idea. You could do something physical where you go for a run 
Sure. You know, I meant physical in the like physical world, but right. yeah, absolutely. You could do something, you know, with your physicality for sure. Absolutely. You could do a series of yoga poses that are designed to replenish and heal. Yeah. I used to do a Kundalini yoga exercise where I was like flapping my arms. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. I used to always say, you cannot steal my power. You cannot steal my power. You cannot have my power. And it was when I was dealing with a work environment and a very specific person who who I felt made made my job really really painful in a lot of ways and and we just had a very different core value system and the things that that she would do I I felt was just really unacceptable and she was a superior and I didn't want to spend my life so focused on hating her or blaming her. I wanted to heal. I wanted to move on. And so that's one of the things that I would do with my physicality. When you mm-hmm. pair how you speak to yourself with something animate like that, you actually help heal much, much more. It yeah. cements it into your into your psyche. Sure. So, so let's review ways to give yourself your own fucking closure. Number one, owning <laughs> your shit, journaling around the questions I posed earlier. Number two, is there anything you need to do in order to clean up your side of the road? Number three, oh, and let me just a little addendum there with number two, regardless of how you are received. Yes. That's the key to it. It has to be 100% for you, not for them. Number three, taking time to grieve and allowing room for the feels, even if you need to call in some support there. Number four, entertain the idea of forgiveness or genuinely letting go and knowing that that does not mean it's okay what they did. It just means you're not going to suffer anymore. And number five, create your own closure ritual. Decide on something symbolic that is a definitive end to this the to this circle closing that loop. Anything that you wanted to add? Uh, I was thinking about that, and I think I've added what I think was necessary. I'm, I'm, you know, always trying to think like an audience member. Yeah, I and, love that um, about you. No, I, I think it's it's great information. I, I think just the idea of not needing someone else or something else to create closure for you that you can create it yourself is so empowering and so powerful. Yeah. Just that notion. Right. Like outside of the five steps, right? Yeah. Just the essence of you have control of that, not them, is is huge. That's right. So these are all tools that get you to that place. Yeah. Right? Which I love. So I, I just think the, the the power of being able to take that responsibility and take ownership of it yourself is is huge you know you're right because i i do hear a lot of people say like i just need closure and what they're saying is i'm dependent on other people yeah so you're right you're right that that really is a great summary of thank you of really, of truly where the power comes from yeah. in this episode. Yep. So I'm hoping that this has been hugely helpful for you, especially if you've found yourself in that situation where you've said, I just need closure. I just never got any closure. Guess what? You can create it yourself. Boom. And it's way, way more powerful. Yeah. And God. if you want more and you want to hang out with us on the regular and get some more tools and tips and feedback and camaraderie and support, cruise over to the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. After and. Hours. <laughs> So perfect. So just on cue, <laughs> on cue. Uh, the URL is thejoyjunkie.com slash club. And everything that you need will also be in the show notes if you want to check out some of the additional pods I referenced. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. <laughs>